Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and we get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Unscrewed Nation, I am speaking to you from hiatus, hiatus, hiatus. I hope your summers are going well. Mine has involved a lot of swimming and a little travel and a lot of getting ready for the release of Unscrewed the Book this November. This is your reminder to get in your pre-orders. Order it now. You'll be the first to get your paws on it and you will help launch the book into the world. But before you get Unscrewed the Book, I have come back as promised to clear the docket of all of the advice questions that came in before the hiatus, but that I didn't get to answer on previous shows. So I've got three great advice questions for you this week. And then those of you who sent in advice questions after we went on hiatus, so basically in July, I'm holding on to those and we'll get to answer them in September when we come back from hiatus for realsies. Ready? Buckle up. First question. Listener Steven writes, I feel I'm bisexual, but I've never been with a man. Ever since I was 14 years old, I started getting interested in having gay sex, but growing up in a really small town in Wisconsin made it very difficult for me to be comfortable with it. I then moved to college where most of my family is from, and I have a lot of relatives in my college town. I've been with women before, but hadn't really been good sex. The other thing that I wonder about is I went to a strip club with a friend and didn't really get turned on. I finally, a few weeks ago, bought myself a dildo, and OMG, it feels incredible. The problem is I'm married to a woman that suffers from borderline personality disorder, and it's been quite difficult to manage her mental health. I'm really interested in guys, plus I also feel the need to take care of her. What would you do? Steven, I'm so glad you wrote in. That's a lot. (laughs) So I'm going to try and take this piece by piece. And I think that the easiest piece to address first is the strip club piece, as a person who's attracted to women, I don't get turned on by strip clubs either. So the idea that you weren't turned on by a strip club doesn't mean you're not attracted to women. Only you can decide whether or not you're attracted to women. You know, the kind of sexuality that's portrayed at most strip clubs is kind of a very, really narrow slice of what women can be like sexually. And some people are really into that. But if you're not into that, that doesn't mean you're not into women. That doesn't mean you are into women either. That's, I can't say that. What I will say ultimately is this, you are not going to help your wife in the long run by staying in a marriage that makes you miserable. I didn't hear anything in here about you wanting to stay with your wife 
out of any reason other than a sense of responsibility. And that's not a good formula for a happy relationship. So it's great that you feel loyal to her and that you want to take care of her. You can help take care of her even if she's not your wife or other people can take care of her. I don't know what the situation is, what her other options are, but you not getting to be your whole self in that relationship, I think it's going to ultimately lead to you feeling resentful, which is going to make you not as helpful to her in the long run. So my advice is to have a really honest conversation with her as best as you can and say, this is how I feel. I've long felt this way. I really want to explore this. But also I love you and I'm really devoted to taking care of you. So, you know, what can we work out and let her participate in the decision making about how to handle the situation? One thing that a marriage should be is a team, right? So that means she gets to make decisions too, but she needs to know how you're feeling if you're going to have any kind of real relationship. Um, so as hard as it is, I recommend telling her. You don't have to say, like, I'm leaving. In fact, you can really underline, like, I'm here for you. I want to keep helping take care of you. But also I have this need. Like, what can we do? And and present it as an issue that you guys can sort out together. That may mean you stay in the marriage. It may mean you can't stay in the marriage. You know, you guys are going to have to sort that out. But keeping this a secret is not going to ultimately make anybody's life better, including your wife's. And tell her the things you don't know. Like you can tell her like, I feel confused. I don't really know. That's fine too. Just have a heart to heart with her. Let her know where you're at and give her an opportunity to be part of the decision making on this. And if that feels like too much for you, you might want to think about getting some therapy. I don't know what your financial situation is, but see if you can find LGBT affirming counselor in your area or even online. There's all kinds of online therapy you can find these days. So you could have somebody to talk this through on an ongoing basis and figure out the best way to approach it for you if you feel like you're too confused or it's too preliminary an impulse to bring to your wife. And also, you know, check out some resources and support for you. The Human Rights Campaign has some great coming out guides at hrc.org slash explore slash topic slash coming dash out. Or you can just Google Human Rights Campaign coming out. Keep reaching out like you did to me. There's lots of people out here for you. It's a tough situation, but it's also one that people have been in lots of times. So you're not alone and you can get through this. All right. The next question is from listener Dave, who writes, I'm a fairly new listener, but love your podcast. Thanks, Dave. I have a question that's a bit complex. I'm a cis guy married to a cis woman. Both of us are pansexual. I've always wanted to screw around with my gender expression, specifically wearing makeup and cross-dressing. Though I have no personal interest in looking particularly feminine, I have a shorter beard slash scruff like Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy and I don't want to shave it off. I'm lucky enough to have a friend who also cross-dresses and is about my size. I tried on some of his clothing and had some help with makeup application, enjoyed both how I looked and how it felt. After it was done, he gave me a pair of his high-heeled boots that didn't fit him anymore. My wife was home, knew about the plan, and went along with it. A couple of weeks go by, and my wife admits to me that she doesn't find me attractive in women's clothing or makeup. This is obviously totally okay, as nobody is required to think I'm attractive, though it did kind of hurt to hear. But I'm a loss about what to do. Do I just never do it again? Should I only do it when she's not around so she doesn't feel uncomfortable? Should I do it whenever I feel like regardless? I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I also don't want to rebury something of me that I spent my whole life trying to bury. Dave, I kind of want to put you in contact with Stephen from the last question. 
I feel like there's a piece of information for me missing from this question, which is, is it uncomfortable for your wife to not be attracted to you 24-7, right? So you didn't say you want to cross-dress 24-7. I'm kind of assuming that's not what you're saying. Well, maybe I'm misunderstanding it. It's okay if your spouse isn't attracted to you all the time. It would be superhuman if two spouses were attracted to each other all the time. You know, is it possible for you to cross-dress some of the time and some of the time not cross-dress and don't try to have sex with your wife while you're cross-dressing. I don't know that this has to be an all or nothing proposition unless it feels like that for you internally or unless your wife is saying it has to be. If she's saying, I don't want to see you do this, which is different than I'm not attracted to you when you do it, that's a question for your marriage. And you may want to see a couples counselor to work this out. That'd be a great thing. A lot of the really healthy couples I know have seen couples counselors to really strengthen their relationships. There's no shame in that. And it may help like to sort out like this difficult conversation where it feels like there's some gaps in communication. You might want some help saying, when you say you're not attracted to me, is that bad? <laughs> right? You know, is that something you don't want to see? Or is it just in the moment, you know, you should know, don't make a pass at me while you're cross-dressing. Um, and then you get to decide what to do with that information. You know, is it okay with you to only cross-dress when she's not around or to only do it at your friend's house or out in public when you're not with her? You know, that's not a question I can answer for you, but it is a question that you get to decide the answer to. And if you've got points of conflict where she wants something that you're not willing to give up, again, I really think a couples counselor could help you guys out navigating this. I definitely don't think you should rebury this impulse. It seems to make you both make you happy and also be something that you feel strongly about keeping you. It's great to have a friend to sort of like talk about this stuff with and commiserate and celebrate and share tips and all of that stuff. You know, you're already one up on that. So I think you're on an okay path. You just need a little more communication in your marriage. Good luck with it. Last advice question is from listener Emily who writes, Hi, Jacqueline. I'm a religious listener of Unscrewed, and I want you to know how thankful I am for you. The work you do is so, so, so important, and your laugh always makes me really happy. Oh, Emily, that makes me really happy. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but I always used to get yelled at when I was little for having, like, too loud a laugh. And um, so anytime someone says they like my laugh, it's it, like, heals a small part of me. So thank you. I have an orgasm question for you. I discovered masturbation when I was pretty young, probably six or so, and although I had no idea what it was, I just knew that it felt good. I'd give myself what I now refer to as baby orgasms, and I kind of always thought that that would be it. Luckily, once I started having sex and masturbating as an adult, the orgasms did get stronger and more intense. However, sometimes I feel like they are not the mind-blowing, earth-shattering orgasms I hear other women talk about, which leads me to wonder if my technique is wrong, if it's a mental thing, or if my body is just not made for intense orgasms. I have sex with men, and I often feel like they don't really know the first thing about technique, but then again, I kind of don't either. Do you have any advice for me? I was thinking of buying season one of OMG Yes, but I'm not sure if it can really help me or not. This is a great question. I have not myself subscribed to OMG Yes. I can't speak to it. I've heard people say pretty decent things about it. That just depends on whether or not that's an amount of money that you feel like you can risk on something that may or may not be helpful. Another purchase you could make would be the Lioness Vibrator, which is this cool biofeedback vibrator that 
takes measurements while you're using it of your arousal pattern so you can learn more about how your body works and how your personal arousal pattern works because all of our bodies work differently. It's absolutely true what you say. Like if the guys you're sleeping with don't quite know their technique, it can be really frustrating when you don't know what to tell them, right? Like if it's hard to hold them to higher standards than you have for yourself. You know, certainly those kinds of purchases can help or, you know, even other less high-tech vibrators. I don't know where you live, but if you're in a city, there's probably a feminist sex toy shop you could go to, or you can also order things online. Everybody likes different kinds of vibrations, so it can be great to go in in person and feel things and think about like, how do I think that might feel? But also it's just trial and error. And and also your body changes over time. So when I was in my early 30s, I started this new relationship. And the first time we went to bed, they were finger fucking me. And I actually said to them, hey, that feels great. You should know I don't come that way because I'd never had an orgasm through penetration or, or sort of vaginal stroking. And then like literally five minutes later, I had my first orgasm from stroking. <laughs> And I was like, whoa. And it was cool to learn a new thing that my body could do. And I don't know if something changed in my body as I got older that made it easier to do that or if that person just happened to hit that particular spot in a particular way that nobody had done before. But what was amazing about it is even after we broke up years later and I was like, oh no, no one will ever make me feel like that again because I knew my body could do that before, because I understood my body better from that experience, it's been much easier with like with most of the other partners I've had since then. And I don't think they all know some super secret that nobody knew before that individual. So some of it's just like going with age. I think I would recommend also like to take the descriptions you hear with a grain of salt. Not that anybody's lying about their experience, but people talk about their experiences really differently. And there's no way to know if you're having different orgasms than other people. There's just like literally no way to know that. So the question is like, is your sex life satisfying to you? And if the answer is no, the best prescription for that is just lots more exploring and trying things, whether that's different techniques on your own, which my, my understanding is that OMG, yes, will help you with that. Uh, you know, patterns and things, whether that's the high-tech Linus biofeedback vibrator or other toys or just lots more masturbation. <laughs> I think that what I'd encourage you to do is frame this less as like you're failing or less than people are having some other better orgasms that you're not having and more like you want to go on a project of exploring what's the best sex you could be having and what's the most satisfying ways you could be having sex. Think of it as an expedition to your sexual satisfaction with sort of like learning as the goal to go and see what you can find. If you attempt it with a curiosity and a sense of adventure instead of a sense of competition or a fear of failing, I think you could have a lot of fun. I think it could be a really fun project. So good luck with that. Let us know how it goes. All right. If you have sex or sexuality advice questions you would like me and a future guest to answer when we come back from hiatus, 
send them on in. Unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Jacqueline Friedman is J-A-C-L-O-I-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. If you have additional advice you want to add to the advice I gave these great listeners, you can also chime in on the Unscrewed hashtag on Twitter. You can at me on Twitter at Jacqueline F. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Jacqueline F and on Instagram at Jacqueline Fable, although mostly there is like pictures of my summer vacation and like food I eat and stuff like that. If you are listening to this, make sure you are subscribed to Unscrewed so that you know the minute we come back from hiatus and also so that you enjoy the excellent reruns I've got planned for you. I hope you really enjoyed Army of Lovers from last week. A really very necessary episode for these times. Make sure you're subscribed. We're in iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now, Acast, Stitcher, wherever you are. And while you're in there, drop us five stars, drop us a little rating. You know the drill. That is how you help other folks find the show. Unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles, and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next time, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.